And with that, we should be live. Great. All right. I hope so. We'll find out if it worked here in a second. Yeah, I got a commercial, <laughs> so I'm going to assume that is a correct. Okay. Glad to hear it. Uh, this week, we traded Paul for me. Uh, Paul's yeah. not here. I don't know why. He says he's fine, though. Something came up. Next week, I think you are actually trading uh, me for Paul, so it's working out. We got the perfect swap order here. Oh, okay. Or I forget if I'm... No, I think actually, no, I am still here next week and it's the week after you're trading me away. So, okay. And then two weeks after that, I'm gone for two weeks. So <laughs> two weeks from that, I think it's just Paul. Right. I think there is a just Paul one coming up at some point. Yeah. So a bit of a bit of musical chairs. But uh, before we get into my whirlwind of a weekend, how uh, how's your last two weeks been? I haven't talked to you for a bit. Uh, it's been all right. It's quiet at home, which is kind of nice. Uh just relaxing. Got to see my mom before she flew back to Newfoundland. Nice. Got to see my nephews and that too, so it was a good time. I'm, uh, I forget if you were here when we planned it or not, but I'm flying out to Newfoundland in a couple weeks, so I'm going to be there for uh, my wedding anniversary. Reese and I are going to be driving around and just kind of hanging out in the province. Nice. I've been home my, uh, since like 2009, so that's going to be fun. Right, yeah. I, we, I think we did talk about this like after the show that I was on last um, but yeah, my, uh, family was just in Newfoundland. Very cool. Well, I hope you have a good time. Yeah, I'm excited. And then I get back after that trip. I'm home for like 10 days. Then I leave again for like 10 days. It's going to be a busy couple of months to Georgia, right? And that's the Georgia trip. And then I'm back for like three weeks and then I leave again for California. Lots of travel coming up. Yep. It's back going back to normal. I'm not sure how I feel about it. I'm kind of glad to be moving around again, but I also, I, I, I miss, I miss it a little and I don't miss it a little. It's, it's a weird in-between right now. Okay. Well, I mean, you're going to get your fill of it no matter what, so. True. Uh, do you want to hear about PAX? Let's do it. I'm curious. You had a lot of stuff going on. I got to know. Yeah, what what things are you curious about? Well, I mean, I got to know about your interview with Reggie. Okay. So, and there's a there's a picture you also tweeted that I'm also very curious about, so <laughs> Okay, well, well, one at a time. So, let's do Reggie. Uh yeah, I did it. Uh I am currently editing the interview, but that was that was wild. I had to I had to carry so much camera gear to Seattle and around Seattle and it was it was stressful to set up and do by myself. Um, I I did not white balance the shot correctly, but you know it's still usable. The audio is clear, and that and that, that's all I was like really wanting is will I be able to use this for a video? And yes, I can. So I'm editing in that right now. But like the morning of, and I'm I'm bringing the gear to because he's doing a panel with Rogue Games. Um, so I'm bringing it basically to there and then I'm going to leave the panel a little early to go set up and the whole time, like, you know, I have all this, I have like a backpack with the camera stuff. I'm carrying this heavy tripod and I'm just doing like, I'm taking like breaks every like 30 seconds. Cause I just want to stop sweating because <laughs> I just don't want to get on camera with a bunch of like sweat stains on my nice shirt. Um, but it was good. Reggie was a little late showing up, but we still got through all my questions. Um, nice. And then I, I asked him to sign the book and he was happy to do that. Um, and then I have, okay, here's the most insane story. So, so when you do a, so for those who know, when you do a press demo you, on like PAX or whatever, it, you basically show up at your time at the booth and they either have like a kiosk reserved for you or they have like a back room within the booth reserved for you. And they usually ask like, do you want to just play it or do you want me to like talk you through it while you're playing? That's all you kind of really have to decide. I'm at, I'm at the rogue games booth, um, which, which Reggie and rogue games are kind of doing stuff t together the, the whole weekend. It sounds like, um, and they're asking me like, Hey, so do you want to just do your demos on the kiosk? Or we also have this like couch and big screen set up and you can do your demos there and, and I'll, and I'll talk to you and commentate on on our microphone as like an effort to kind of attract people to their booth and i was like yeah mm -hmm. i don't care that's fine you're just going to be talking to me louder it's, it's not a big deal for me and then they're like 
Uh, would you also be okay if Reggie fils comes and watches you play the demos and commentates too? <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you talking? What? So, so I guess they had Reggie for like 20 minutes. And so, I, so I'm sitting on the couch and they're, and they're trying to attract people over. You know, we're just starting up and they're like, hey, everyone, we got Reggie fils here as well as Sean. And I'm just like, oh my god, what is happening right now? <laughs> so I'm like playing these, I'm playing these demos. And and Reggie also, like, he definitely like we he recognized me. It was it was kind of just like a hello again. Like I saw him like three hours earlier. <laughs> um so I'm like playing these demos and, and the guy's kind of talking me through. He's telling me like the mechanics, so I'm learning them, and then the, the people would be like, Hey Reggie, what do you think of the game? And Reggie's like, Yeah, it looks good. Like, he actually didn't really seem like he wanted to be there. That's and fair. So, and so, like, I did, like, I did, like, two demos. And I'm like, what, does Reggie want to play the next demo? Like, I don't I don't have to play all of them. And Reggie's like, no, I'm good. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll keep going. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it was so weird. Like, it makes for a great story, right? Like, how yeah. when would this ever happen to anyone? But holy smokes was that weird um and like when i was done the the like five games and reggie had had taken off uh after his like allotted time or whatever the the guy who had kind of connected me with with the opportunity was like hey so thanks for doing that that was pretty crazy and i was like yeah that was super crazy <laughs> i i it actually made for like a pretty like lackluster like demo experience because they were kind of like rushing me through the game oh yeah of so, course yeah yeah um so i did go back to their booth uh on the last day to play some more um benedict fox because i barely got to like really play it and i wanted to um but yeah anyways that's that's the reggie story that's still hilarious my god um what's the, what was the picture i tweeted because i tweeted a bunch of pictures uh the other one i saw was you with uh was it shuhei yoshida it was Shuhei Yoshida. Uh, that was that was totally unexpected, and that was honestly one of the highlights. That was Sunday night, so I had a couple of, like ex coworkers who were also at the show, hmm. and I said, "Hey, why don't we should all get dinner together one night?" And, and so we were going to do that. One of them was uh, was was working with Nintendo, so they were like, "Well, you know, we can do it Sunday when when they get off." So we go to like a like a pub that was downtown a few blocks away. And, um, you know, we're sitting around eating it and, and she says to me, do you guys want to come to this like PlayStation after party I was invited to? And I had at being on the press list, I had gotten like a whole bunch of after party invites that I, yeah. I just kind of ignored because I, I'm not comfortable taking my mask off indoors. I didn't want to go by myself because I'm not going to be there and be like, I'm going to take my food outside by like, it just made no sense for me to go. <laughs> yeah, fair um, enough. So I was kind of saying that to her. I was like, yeah, I haven't really been going to any of these after parties. Although, side note, there was an after party that I did have a friend go to um, on the night I flew up with Naughty Dog. And Troy Baker was there and like playing songs on his guitar for people and stuff. And that would have been pretty cool. Okay, that's kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm bummed I missed that. But anyways, so I'm at dinner. She said, do you guys want to come to this PlayStation after party? It's at a, It's on a rooftop. Which I was like, oh, that's perfect, because then I, can, I don't have to be worried about taking my mask off indoors. Like, yeah, I can I can definitely do that. So we're up there. Gorgeous view of the waterfront. Like, it's just stunning. I, you know, of course, they have a taco bar. Like, this is what happens when you sell a lot of PS4s. Um, the party favors at, at this mixer were PlayStation branded kitchen aprons. How unique what? is that? Yeah. How that's kind of neat. That? Yeah. Yeah. That's like. When it comes to like free merch and stuff at conventions, like I don't need another lanyard ever at this point. I have one neck. I have no use for more than one lanyard. I'm not a pin guy. So it's like the merch usually sucks. Um, but I thought the kitchen apron was pretty cool. I definitely grabbed one of those because that was super unique. Anyways, I saw you. I saw uh, Suhei, Shuhei Yoshida. Uh, and I was like, oh, man, he's there. I should I should totally try and get a picture. But he was like with people for a while. And I was like, oh, if, if I see him alone at any point, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go up and ask for a, a picture. 
and I'm in line at the taco bar and I, you know, I put a bit, a bit of salad on my plate and then he starts walking over by himself and I'm like, oh shit. Cause I'm like halfway in a line and I got like a plate oh, of salad no. and I find my friend real quick and I'm just like, you need to hold this. And I just basically <laughs> shove a plate of salad into his hand and he's like, wait, what? And then I go over and I'm like, excuse me, can I please get a photo with you? And you know, he's got his like trademark smile the whole time. He was more than happy to take a picture and I was I was just I was having such a good evening and I got that picture with him and that was such a highlight. That's awesome. That's hilarious, though. You just had to throw the plate at your friend and be like, please, you'll understand later. Yeah, no. And he was cool with it, but it was basically just like, I need both my hands. You need to take this salad. <laughs> I almost think it would have been funnier to have you holding the salad in the picture, but but I get why you wouldn't want that just to look a bit professional there. Yeah, a bit more professional. But yeah, no, uh, he was totally nice to do that. So. Yeah, that was a cool party. PAX was a lot of fun. Had a, had a really great time at PAX. Nice. It was a lot of work. I had a good time. It was so much work. Um, yes, so that was my weekend. Uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about PAX more shortly, but let's quickly mention that this is the top-down perspective. If you somehow made it this far and was confused, um, it is September 8th. I'm Sean Booker. I'm John Wheeler. And John, pa- what have you Paul been Flex, playing? not here. Uh, any, anything I've been playing, I actually am not discussing right now because uh, it's all stuff for recordings and that. But I can mention uh, I've done a couple sponsored streams lately. So okay. last week I played a game called Orcs, which I talked about last podcast. It's basically a uh, card building tabletop uh, tower defense game where your pieces that you put on the board are like roads like Carcassonne style and then the longer roads you make they give you more money which you can use to put down more cards you build castles in one group you build buildings for troops in another uh it's just like it was an interesting game okay but uh this past week i played a game called anno mutationum i think that's how you say it it's mutation em at the end uh Is this, this like came out- the the anno like 1990 no it's, game? it's, it's not that so that's confused okay. a lot of people i'm surprised it yeah. used the same name but uh, it is a different series. It's, I guess it's a standalone game. Uh, it's a cyberpunk 2D slash 3D hack and slash game. But it's also okay. like an adventure game. So like you're running around, oh. like uh, meeting NPCs, like doing mini games, like uh, looking for clues and stuff like that. You're chasing down NPCs. You're like fighting enemies, like juggling them in midair. You have guns you can use. You up, level up your character, stuff like that. It was actually like a really cool cyberpunk hack and slash and this came out in like march but the switch version came out last week so that's what i was doing the promo for okay i'm trying to find like some screenshots but i keep just getting like title screens so what would you can you, can you compare it to anything like give, um, give me like a what's, reference point. what's that adventure game that was pixelated uh, pixel art that they showed off a couple years ago at microsoft's e3 was it the long dark uh i don't know that's pixelated okay, maybe, adventure maybe game could be a lot it. of things <laughs> yeah fair enough but um like i don't know what to like it's all like very like uh very crisp pixel art very 2d but you're walking around in like a, a 3d okay. realm like you're walking no, around no, like I'm a cyberpunk s- city okay yeah i'm seeing some sc- some more screenshots that look like gameplay i'm not seeing any like combat screenshots necessarily but yeah i'm not sure what i would c- compare this to exactly Combat wise, I guess if you ever played Icy, I don't think you did, uh, no, but it was, that was like familiar. a Chinese game that was like one of their big indie hits. Like it felt kind of like that combat wise, a little like a little rough around the edges at times, but you could still tell you could do a lot of cool stuff if you if you played around with it enough. Okay, so are all the combat sections 2D or are they yes. also Okay, and then the walking They're around all, the environments is 3D? Yeah, you can walk around the environment in 3D, like foreground, background, but then like uh, the big the big scene that happened before I had to stop playing was uh, it was a rooftop chase. So like you could see in the background like he was running through and you would run in the foreground, fight enemies, and then you would get to a stairwell and then you could go foreground, background, jump between floors, stuff like that. And okay. then uh, you it's fought a like a boss. It, it's a really good art style. You know, I actually I think I have seen some gameplay of this before because I'm I'm just seeing this random review that I'm watching and there's like a really like kind of gray room. It almost looks like a test chamber or something. Yeah, I feel like I've seen that before. That's probably the early tutorial fight 
if I had to guess, because it's for like a giant lizard or something like that in the picture. Or is it just jumping? Uh, cubes? Not the one. It, it, I see the cubes one. I'm not seeing the lizard here, but I think I've, that's what I have seen in, in mm. the past is the lizard thing. Yeah. Like I said, I think it came out on March for Steam and I believe it was all last gen stuff. So PS4, Xbox One. Okay. And now it got a Switch version like last week. It's honestly so pretty fun. I, like it's like an action adventure game. Uh, if you like hack and slash, if you like cyberpunk, it seemed pretty worth it. And I think how long to be put it around 10 hours. So like it's got a decent amount of uh, length there. Is it running OK on the switch? Uh, load times between zones seemed a little rough, but I didn't have a frame of reference. Otherwise, actual okay. gameplay seemed fine. Cool. OK, yeah, because that was kind of one of the things that came out of some of my stuff at PAX, which I can't talk about which game it was, but it did have me saying, I wish this wasn't on the Switch. Ooh, okay. <clears throat> but yeah, that's otherwise been it. I'm playing through Conker's Bad Fur Day on game clearing right now, and that's what I'm going to be working through the, next week as well. Which version? Uh, the Rare Replay one, which is the N64 one. Okay, right on. You peeing yep. on stuff? Yeah, that pissed me off, no pun intended, because that I, ha I got to the part of the game where you, you're in a nightclub, and you have to, like pee on a bunch of dudes and just turn them into boulders and Classic. roll them through like a roll them through like a doorway but i couldn't do it because they kept getting stuck so i think i was on that spot on stream for like almost an hour i think it was 50 minutes oh man and 50 sucked. minutes of peeing okay 50 minutes of peeing and then i had people like don't worry i think that's the last time you have to do something like that and i'm like well here's hoping because i've heard the second half of the game is not the best if we did uh, episode titles, 50 minutes of peeing would definitely be, I would definitely be writing that down to remember. There you go. Don't worry. It's, it's probably already written down, but that's, that's pretty much it. Okay. Uh, I'll talk about a few brief things. These were kind of the, the travel games, the stuff I was playing um, in the evenings and, and just before packs, I played through immortality, which is the new Sam Barlow FMV game. Uh, I've been hearing this sentiment going around. I think I agree with it. This is the best FMV game ever. Wow. Uh, wow. From, a, from like a production standpoint, it is just like top notch, like incredibly well done. It's like firing on all cylinders. It is really, really quite enjoyable. Um, if for those who don't might not remember Sam Barlow's name, uh, he, he and his, his team did her story and telling lies previously this is like the third one to that kind of thematic trilogy and much like the last two games there is a story that has been mixed up into different video clips that you are kind of little uncovering and you're kind of piecing the story together yourself um but an added bonus with this one is there's an extra layer of depth here before it was just kind of unscramble the mixed up puzzle and you'll be able to tell what happened this one there is mm. I don't want to say like how it works because it's kind of very mechanics focused, but there is a, an added layer of depth to add more to it. And for those who don't know, the premise of immortality is there was this actress from the like seventies to I guess nineties who made three movies that never came out. And then something happened to her. Marissa Marcel is the actress and you're scrubbing through sections of the three movies she was starring in along with behind the scenes footage and kind of ancillary like casting parties and stuff like that kind of learning what happened to these people and whatnot and then again there, there's more kind of going on there's an extra layer of, of mystery so it's on game pass pc and xbox if if you like fmv games i do think this is the best fmv game uh that has ever come out it is so well done and it is quite enjoyable so that's really, that's strong words of the best fmv game yeah I, like i said i'm hearing a lot of people that i would trust when it comes to fmv games they're saying the same thing like it's 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 very well done uh as well i've been playing through midnight fight express another game pass title oh yeah uh, that looked really interesting i saw someone else playing that it's basically like batman combat the game um and just kind of putting you you're in like weird goofy scenarios like there's a level where you're just having pillow fights so it's the exact same combat except everyone has pillows now um and there's 40 levels and each one of them are pretty enjoyable and unique and fresh um a lot of fun little references to like fight club and five nights at freddy's and and you know what have you um 
for some reason, I'm just I I am not clicking with the combat. I don't know what it is. I, I don't know if I'm like mashing too much or if I got if I kind of like didn't play it correctly at the beginning and then I got in a routine and now I'm just like butting my head and kind of getting through it enough. But I didn't like learn the lessons I should have. I feel like that's I feel like this is a personal mm. thing that I did. Now, so. this is different from the Batman games in the sense that it's top down, isn't it? It, it, yeah, it is have like an isometric perspective, but it is still like you're hitting, you know, X to punch versus you have like a dodge roll. You have a parry. You can pick up items and throw them at people. There are characters that have like a shield. So like it's very similar to the to the Batman combat. Um, but I for some reason, I just find the Batman combat easier. This one, I don't know what it is. It's just like not clicking with me. But I have played 25 out of the 40 levels, so it's not like it's kind of turning me off necessarily. Yeah. There's a pretty enjoyable skill tree that you can unlock new moves and new counters and diff- you, you get like a gun that has like one bullet and you can put like hypnosis bullet in there. So someone will like fight with you and stuff. So it's a silly game, um, but I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Uh, again, it's on Game Pass and that's Midnight Fight Express. Uh, but let's talk about some stuff that isn't out yet that I played at PAX. All right, not, here we go. I'm New not going to talk about every game because I played so much, but I will I will talk about some highlights um, and the general like PAX booth experience. First off, Lies of P was there. And it R- was really yeah, it was at the AMD booth like so like the developer wasn't there and there was like no fanfare around this game that seems pretty popular right now. It was just kind of like hidden off in the AMD booth and you could play Lies of P. Um, so, yeah, no, I played that and luck, good thing I had played through Elden Ring because I was familiar with like, I need to play slow. I need to do dodges. Um, yeah. That game just looks really good. Um, I think the setting looks is real cool. You're fighting all these like broken animatronic dummies that are coming at you with like big axes. Um like Elden Ring has definitely opened me up to, to being more open to souls likes. Uh, mm. and I think this will definitely be kind of the next one I'm looking forward to. Cause I, I just think the setting is, is very cool. And I, I think it plays very well. You get, I don't know if, if every build gets this, there was three we chose from, I just chose like the balanced one, but he had like a hook shot where he, I could like pull enemies right to me and then attack them or hook on them. And then it would pull me to them. I'm not exactly sure how it determined what, which direction it went. Um, but that was fun. Like it was fast. Um, and yeah, that, that was a pretty cool one. Yeah. Interesting. I heard a lot of people thinking it was going to be very Bloodborne esque, which yeah. kind of sounds like based on how you're describing it. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't play Bloodborne, so I can't exactly say that. But everyone I talked to was like, yes, yeah. it seems very Bloodborne esque. I mean, it's a Souls like, so it felt like a Souls like as, yeah. as far as I know. Um, Blood, Bloodborne more so like uh, encourages aggression, basically. Sure. Yeah. 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 I was able to kind of like attack faster, but you still you need to like dodge and parry. Or, or you, they, they will hit you pretty hard for sure. Um, my favorite game I played was Rift of the Necrodancer. Uh, okay, so I'm curious about this one. Yeah, this this is obviously the follow up to Crypt of the Necrodancer. It's not a sequel, they wanted to say. It's just it's like a spinoff. Yeah, just a spinoff. It does have Cadence in there, um, but it's not like her continued like she did this after Necrodancer. It's just Cadence is in there. Uh, it plays very much like, you know, like tap tap revolution where you're, you're hitting up left or right as a note track comes towards you. And the notes on the track are the enemies. What's really cool is the enemies, they, they move along the track similar to how they move in Necrodancer. So if you remember, like the skeletons will like dodge away from you at once. So you have to know that because they'll come down and then just when you're about to hit their beat you have to remember they're going to dodge back so i'm going to have to hit them in two beats not the next one Ooh. Um, same with the the slimes some of the slimes only move vertically so you'll have to remember okay this one's going to dodge one way or that they only move horizontally so, so they're going to come down and then they're going to dodge left at the exact second so they, they actually play very similarly to how they did in necrodancer which is a which is a fun little throwback to there um Great soundtrack again. They have Danny Baranowski back doing some songs. Um, and then there was rhythm. He- there was a rhythm heaven uh, mini game. I got to play in between some of the matches. So, you know, I'm a big rhythm heaven fan. 
and the fact that there's like we're going to make some rhythm heaven. That's great. There's boss battles that you have to like attack and dodge in tune with how the boss does it in the same way as like the note track. So it was it was just a lot of fun uh, and the music was great. I really quite enjoyed that. Cool. What else? What else? Second, second favorite game is this one that is coming out at the end of this month. I think it's coming out on the 22nd. It's called Moon Scars. And this is is a Metroidvania that the combat was like as fast and fluid and good feeling as Dead Cells. And if I'm making that comparison, you should know this combat felt great. I will also say gorgeous pixel art. Like it looks super nice. Um, this is another. Oh, yeah. Games. I'm looking this up right now. This looks real nice. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it looks very cool. Again, this is Moon Scars, if anyone else wants to look it up. Uh, this is a, being published by Humble Games. So, yes, it is coming to Game Pass because pretty much everything they publish, they they have some like tight knit deal with Game Pass. Everything comes to Game Pass. Black um, Mermaid's the studio and they yep. this is their first game by the looks of it. It, it. it plays very well, which is also like it's, it's coming out in less than a month. So it's pretty much done. Um, so, again, uh, I would look forward to uh, this for sure. It's too bad Paul's not here because he plays every Metroidvania. Um, but I bet he will he will quite enjoy this. Also, like it's just dark and like gruesome. You have like a, a really great parry attack where you like knock them back and there are just tons of spike walls that you can just knock them into. Um, very satisfying combat. Loved that one. Uh, another one. Let me double check this name. Yes. No place for bravery. Um this is an isometric art, uh, p- pixel art again. Really great looking pixel art. Takes a lot of inspiration from like Hyperlight Drifter in kind of how it looks, but less neon pink. Um, but just huge vistas that have like weird decaying giants in the background um, with like a with like a Souls-like combat, very methodical. The characters hit hard. You have to, but you do have your like dash similar to a Hyperlight Drifter. So that was another big highlight. I that's not coming to Game Pass, <laughs> um, mm. um, but that does come out later this month. So that's also just about to come out yeah, on the twenty second. Looks good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, if that one's the twenty second. Then Moon Scars might be the twenty seventh. Uh, it was twenty seventh or twenty ninth. I had it up a minute ago. Okay, okay. And yeah, I know they're both soon. What else? What else? Twenty um, seventh. Okay. I think those were kind of the the highlights that I can like talk about. I played some Coffee Talk 2 and I'm a big fan of that first one and it's more of that which I'm looking forward to. I played I played the prequel to Backbone which is called okay. Tales. Um of course it is. <laughs> which uh I feel like us three are probably some of the like only people that would be interested in this cuz we did it for TDP plus and we it was such a like curious game like it like left more questions than answers um but this is a prequel so it's kind of them like discovering the weird monster thing i guess i'm still not even really sure what happened in backbone um what's interesting about this one is it's gonna be shorter in length but there are Mm. four playable characters and they all have different stories so you're meant to play through it oh like four Four times times yeah And there are a ton of branching paths every time you like finish. So so each character will have different chapters associated with them. Every time you finish a chapter, it'll show like on the branching path where you went. So they want you to play it again and try and see like the other things and going on and stuff. But <clears throat> yeah, some returning characters, the like Fox girl was there. Clarissa, the polar bear is there as like a kid. Um, oh, it's that far back in time. Wow. Okay. Well, hers was. I don't, and I don't know if they do a jump in time for her. Um, so, so I'm not sure. I played the closer Clarissa at first chapter and it was like real short and it was her just as a kid talking to her grandfather. And then I played this new character where they're discovering some kind of entity in a mine. So it, it's kind of hard to say where, where exactly things line up, but <clears throat> that's not coming out for a while, but that was just an interesting one, uh, that I, I just needed to kind of know, um, after doing that TDP plus on on back, backbone again, that was the game was called Tales. 
What else did I play? I played some Angerfoot at the Devolver booth. Devolver had one of the coolest booths because it looked like a movie theater. Um, Angerfoot's cool. I think it's just the demo they have out on Steam. This first person kicker. That's it. That game looks and is plays very, very fun. Um, played some Splatoon that comes out tonight. Are you excited for Splatoon? I'm excited for some Salmon Run. That's what I'm excited about. Yeah, I played some Salmon Run. And I played some of the single player. I'm, I can't remember what I'm allowed to talk about, so I'm just not going to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do plan to pick that up uh, tonight or tomorrow when, when I remember to do that. Um, what else? What else? Those are the things that are jumping out to me for the time being. So, yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll end it there for now. Um, but, yeah, people should keep an eye out on my Twitter because I'll be I'll be posting some articles. And, and again, the Reggie interview will be coming out in the next week or so if they want to know more of my PAX adventures. But yeah, it was, it was a great time. I had a lot of fun at PAX, um, played a lot of games. And, and what's funny is like, I have, I'm now home for this weekend and my plan is to just like chill on the couch and also play games. <laughs> just not around a bunch of other people, basically. Yeah. Yeah. How crowded um, was the con, by the way? I'm actually curious about that. I want to say it was less crowded than it had been in the past. Mm. Um, but on Saturday and Sunday, it still got pretty packed Friday and Monday though, was like almost like dead, like dead. I don't, I don't want to say deadsville, but like you could easily like wait maybe at most 10 minutes for any game, even the big ones on Friday or Monday, Saturday though, and especially Saturday. Yeah. Uh, those lines would have gotten a lot longer. Um, but yeah, definitely less, a lot less um, cosplay than I was expecting. I don't know if that was because people didn't want to cosplay if they had to wear a mask as well. Probably that, because doing that's um, a pain in the ass. Yeah, because because masks were like were enforced, which I, I super appreciate. There was way too many people there to not be masked. Um, in fact, I even got like an exposure notification on my phone yesterday from my time at PAX so knock on wood I, I feel fine <laughs> and but I, I mask everywhere so I'm not I'm not too worried but someone there had COVID that's all I'm saying um, yeah it was good I went to a lot less panels than I had in the past nothing really kind of jumped out to me the only panel I went to was the Reggie one um, and yeah enjoyable time I had to fight the urge to like buy a bunch of stuff because I, I was already, my bags were packed full. Um, it was good. I'm, I'm going to try and go to PAX East next year. I want to do that. Curious to see how you'll feel, because I know you've gone to PAX West a bunch, but this will be your first East. It'll be my first East, yeah. I've done, this was my third West, and I've done, I did the final South. So this will be the last states-based one. Yeah. It's so weird they don't have a Australia. One. Yeah, PAX Australia, maybe in the future. It's weird there's no PAX North. I guess it's just because the like Seattle's like what, two, three hours away from the border? And right. But I mean yeah. don't do it in I, Vancouver. I agree. I would they, love to do one in like Toronto or something. I would love to have a PAX North, but I just would, don't think it's viable. Toronto or I could see them doing Montreal. There's a ton of game developers in Montreal. And like Ubisoft Montreal, there. Montreal has like a most people will in the other area will be like, you need to speak French and then I'll just piss off most you, people. I mean, you don't, <laughs> you don't, you don't but French. people will just be assholes about it as someone who's been to Montreal. I would be fine going to a convention where the assholes did not want to show up. That sounds great. <laughs> I guess I would. I, I, would so, I meant more so in the area around like the hotel and that, but okay. I would love apex in montreal i need more reasons to go to montreal that city is gorgeous that's fair yeah um maybe one day you know they're not doing a south anymore maybe they want to you know get some money elsewhere but anyway okay that's uh what we've been playing let's do a little bit of news uh i tried to make sure you guys didn't talk about this last week but uh if we did you can let me know I think Paul may have put this first one in because I'm not familiar with it. I don't remember this one either. Yeah. Uh, the Division Heartland new details go live a little too early. So I guess this is the next Division 
I don't even remember what Heartland is. Oh, this is the free to play division. Uh, it looks like some stuff leaked. Massive PVE VP, 45 player storm operations. Looks like there's a bunch of news out there. I wonder if they're going to talk about this this weekend during the Ubisoft forward. Event. Is that this weekend? I couldn't remember the day. It's the 10th, right? It's 10th. So it is Saturday at Oof. noon okay. Pacific time. Okay. Where they are going to talk about, you know, the big new, what they're doing with Assassin's Creed. We've had a few leaks. There's, there's, there's multiple Assassin's Creed titles in, coming up. But yes, that is this weekend. So I, I wonder if we're going to hear a little bit about this uh, then. More than likely. Uh, the PlayStation 5 is getting some new features or the system update is already out. Most importantly, 1440p resolution is now supported. Okay. Uh, so if you're putting plugging it into a monitor, game lists are now live. There's a kind of an interesting social feature as I was reading through this. From the PlayStation app on your phone... You can request if you see your friend playing or like in a party, you can request for them to start sharing their screen to your phone. So if you were out on the go and you want to watch your friend playing who's at home, you can watch them right from the PlayStation app. Wild. Uh, Which would be that would be kind of cool if it's just like I'm chatting with my buddy and I just I want to watch you play games while I'm on the bus or something. (laughs) We're living in the future. Uh, This was definitely a bigger news story, and this one I think was a little over a week ago, so I wasn't sure if you guys had talked about the new lighter PS5 in Australia. Nope, this is news. So uh, just on the tail ends of the PlayStation increasing its price point, Australia is getting a revised model that will be lighter. Um, Specifically, the the disc version is now as light as the non-disc version. Um just you know different components uh lighter components uh it does feel kind of weird though that uh the price kind of is going up as you are getting like technically less ps5 (laughs) um although i would appreciate a lighter ps5 i would appreciate a smaller ps5 (laughs) that thing is a monster Mm -hmm. um i haven't seen a ton of like official teardowns yet it looks like this account that kotaku is referencing is showing some of it um so I don't know pound lighter. Yeah. Takes uh, draws 20 to 30 watts less power and s- delivers roughly the same noise and heat output. Okay. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, it's this is not a remodel. You should no one should be considering this like a a new version or anything. It is just you know, platform holders do this all the time uh with little fanfare because it, it's not considered a new model. It's just like an updated version, right? It's not I wouldn't even put it on the same level as like when Nintendo made the switch having a, a longer battery with that kind of small revision. Uh, this is a bit interesting. Mario Kart Tour is removing all of its gotcha features as yeah. well as adding a battle mode. Battle mode have been talked about for a while. I do remember that being discussed, but just straight up removing the gotcha element was very surprising to see. It is. Here, here's my thought, pie in the sky. You think they're doing it because they hit a plateau in sales and now they're like, well, the gotcha's not bringing in money anymore, so maybe we can do this to try and boost engagement? This, to, in my mind, this means one of two things. Either the gotcha hit a plateau, like you said, or um, they're going to start sunsetting it. Because Dragalia Lost got sunset, like, this year? Like, I think it was even like this month. So right. wouldn't shock okay. me if they were doing that as a result. <clears throat> it seems weird to sunset it so soon after adding battle mode though. Mm. <clears throat> Could be a final patch situation. Um, in, in or people are saying, yeah, in this article even says this could be something to do with the European Union's continued crackdown on loot boxes. In replacing of the gotcha feature, it sounds like uh, most this article is speculating most likely allow you to purchase the characters and etc directly so that that's why i kind of think maybe they're just like the gotcha is not people aren't engaging with with the gotcha as much anymore now let's just let people buy stuff and maybe that will get more uh, monetary engagement i mean that makes sense even even the fortnite model of like here's a store you can just go to and buy whatever we've got going at this point you don't like what's here come back in like 12 hours and there'll be a new list of stuff 
Lineback put uh, in the chat. Mario Kart Tour has reached 293 million in player spending on iOS and Android as of a few days ago. Yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> gotcha games. It's Mario Kart. It's Mario Kart. Um, hey, speaking of free-to-play games, in Multiverses, they are patching Velma. She will no longer call the cops with one of her special moves. So Velma has a move where she calls the cops on one of the opponents and it's kind of like this homing attack if if she like locks onto you long enough the police will show up mm. like capture you in the car and then you have to kind of button mash your way out of it before the car like drives off the edge okay so it's like that ca- that animal crossing cap and van from uh smash right so i guess enough people kind of spoke out saying like you know why why is velma such a narc this isn't cool like <laughs> Yeah, I see Lineback mentioning uh, in chat. People were making memes of it by using the move on LeBron James, so the devs had to change it. Yeah, which <laughs> that's not a great look for no, sure. No, it is not. Um, so they are changing, and now they're Velma will call the mystery machine, uh, which makes way more you. sense and probably should have been that in the first place because you could have just had Fred dro- make a trap or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of the like recent Scooby Doo stuff, but I don't remember like the the mystery game working hand in hand with the cops that regular. It was more like the cops showed up at the end and they're like, "Here you go, we did your job for you, officers." Pretty much. Yeah. See you at the end of the next episode. So, anyways, this is just silly and funny. Uh, and this last story, Microsoft officially announced their Xbox Elite Core controller. This is it's the same as the Elite Controller Series 2. However, this now new core uh, purchasing option means you do not have to buy the full $180 kit where you get the 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 all the accessories, all the swappable p- pieces and the case. This one, you just get the controller as well as a charging cable. So it's uh, 50 bucks less, and then you have the option of purchasing the specific accessories that you want instead okay. of buying the whole thing at all at once. That makes a bit more um, sense, I feel. And then the real exciting feature is this core controller is being added to the design lab, meaning you can customize the colors of it. Oh, Interesting. So if you want an elite controller with all your weird colors and your you know name engraved on it, that is now an option, which that's that seems great. Good for them. That sounds very tempting. If I didn't already have like a million Xbox controllers here. <laughs> yeah, I've also somehow ended up with a million Xbox controllers. Hey, it's a good controller. It is a good controller. But yeah, like it's, it's just like I don't need to buy any more, but it's cool. That's an option. Yeah, every time they come out with like a really cool looking color, it's like, oh man, if if one of mine broke, I yeah, still I'm like that Forza Horizon have... Five one's really nice, but like, yeah. I got like the Xbox 20th anniversary one. I barely that use one, that. I really like that one with the like grippy back. I love that yeah. one. And then, and you saw the little like mess, Phil Spencer message on the inside of the battery part. Yeah, I think that's just a nice little touch. I like that controller a lot. That's my uh, current go to. Uh, PlayStation has to catch up, man. They have like what? Well, they six did announce colors? last week. They announced their new uh, custom controller. So the Edge one, yes, they did announce the Edge controller. You're right. Um, but still, just in terms of like the the color options, there's, there's like six, and that's it. You get to pick yeah. one of six colors. Maybe. I mean, to be fair, that's more than the PS3 had for the longest time. The you mean the four, or do you mean the three? I meant the three. The three took a while to get to any other color other than black. Okay. But the four the, also had the same issue. Yeah, before I know took forever. They came up with a, a couple cool colors near like the end of it. Um, mm. But at that point, it was like, I'm already like looking at the next console. Like, I don't need a, a new PS4 controller. All right, that's it for news. Let's do some questions. Top down perspective at gmail.com at TDP podcast on Twitter, the Discord channel or John's P.O. Box are all great ways for you to sound just like Hebrew Lantern who asks what is your favorite soup i'm not big on soup really yeah, so just no. chicken noodle I, i'm pretty much no soup because i don't drink hot drinks same same yeah and soup is just a big hot drink so it's like 
no, I don't, I don't, I don't need this. So I, f- I feel so seen right now, Sean, because I always get crap about this. So it's okay. Nice. Hey, this is great. Yeah. Like, yeah. like if someone get presented me with a hot chocolate, I would ask to put it in the fridge for a bit because I would rather yeah. some chocolate. Yeah, exactly. The same. Yeah. I just like, yeah, no, I just kind of let it cool off a bit, man. That's all right. Yeah. Even on a cold day, just a glass of water. Love it. Would love a nice cold glass of water. I don't, I don't like hot drinks. Yep. Absolutely. Um, trying to think what's the closest thing to soup though. Uh, like melted ice cream. That's my favorite soup. That's an acceptable answer. I feel a milkshake. There you go. That's my favorite. That's my favorite soup. Masterman seven writes in and says, have you ever had an unexpected day off from work? If so, how did you spend it? Uh, the only time that happened, well, no, not even the only time like that happened time, to me was, I was gonna say, I feel like the only time it could happen to you since you're such a, like make your own schedule scenario yeah. is your like power has to go out and you're just like, well, I can't work right now. Yeah. My power goes out or like I'm getting like side effects from some meds I'm on or something. So it's just like, well, I'm just physically out of commission. So I guess I'm just going to lie on the couch and do nothing. Just take a nap or something. Yeah. Yeah. I but feel I was like going to say, in my, in my old job, like the only other time I could think I had a, an uh, unexpected day off was when my car got hit and uh, I had to, I stayed home because my body hurt. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking, yeah, like unexpected day off from work, I feel like rarely happens unless I'm sick. And then I'm probably like, I don't know, playing games on the couch as I'm trying to like rest. And, and and also with with the whole like work from home thing now, even if I get sick, it's pretty easy to still work from home. Um, so what comes to mind is like back when I had like uh, like hourly jobs where you get sent home early. You get like an unexpected half day. Yeah. And it's still just like, I don't know, I guess I'm. See if any of my friends want to hang out because it's summertime. <laughs> or I'll just go home and play video games like i don't know nothing nothing specific, nothing unusual suku suku writes what 8 or 16 bit game would you give a modern remake to we're talking the works expanded story gorgeous cutscenes potentially an open world maybe a part 2 released 2 years later enough upgrades that it might not even look recognizable anymore i was going to say like a Ninja Turtles beat em up or like a River City Ransom beat em up. Then I realized that is River City Girls 2 and that is like that Platinum Games Ninja Turtle game. Okay. Okay. So those exist gonna, technically. I was going to say that the the easy answer is like Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Trigger, Trigger would be a nice one to get a, they, they a nice modern remake. Do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I guess, you know, they kind of did it for Prince of Persia. Hmm. It's, it's you know kind of hard doesn't to get in. You, you, you know series doesn't have enough like, representation. Well, that, Super Mario Brothers. Give me one of those. Oh, okay. Yeah, we need a new Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, it's hard like to pick a game that's like popular enough that like never came out of that era. Yeah. Everything that's jumping to mind is like, oh yeah, no that that has a 3D version. That has a 3D version. Yeah, because like if it was popular enough, usually it got something. Um, yeah. I'm like looking at my wall and I'm like, well, I wouldn't, you know what? Maybe like the original Metal Gear getting a 3D remake. That'd be neat. But I don't think that's ever going to happen anymore. Okay. Yeah. And because those, because those like are different enough from what Metal Gear Solid kind of ended up being when it went fully 3D. So I could see that one being a good one. That's a good answer. Yeah. Maybe. What about like Excite Bike? I mean, there is Excite Bike 64. I was to say, is that just trials? Technically, kind of just trial. Yeah, trials are just a racing game. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Decoy Troy says, "Are there any video game series that you would recommend someone play in the reverse order, starting with the newest edition and then working their way backwards?" My best example would be the Persona series as Persona 5 or 5 Royal really is a great entry point. And if you're a fan of the game, you can work backwards through the series, understanding the limitations that come with each earlier entry. Yeah, going from like starting with one and expecting to get the five is pretty rough, but I could see five to one being doable. 
Well, okay. Uh, so what do you what do you think? So a weirder request saying you should play these five, four, three, two, one, or you should play five, one, two, three, four. I think they're both equally tough, honestly. Because this is five, this is five my... will get them invested. I will say this: five will get them invested in the series. But then, like, if you tell someone to play five and then go to Persona One, they're gonna be like, "What did this? How did this series come from this to that?" So, so here's my thought process: playing in complete reverse order from a story standpoint just sounds weird. And I guess Persona, since they're not connected, it's not a. You big can do deal. that. Yeah. But I, I definitely have been in conversations with people where I'm like, look, th- the, you know, the third entry in this series is the best one. That's the one you should play. But yeah. if, if, you know, you'll get the most out of it if you play one, two, three. But if you're not going to commit to that, then just play three because I want to make sure you play this specific one. This sounds like and a Mass they, Effect discussion or this sounds like an Assassin's Creed discussion, basically. Yeah, maybe like an Assassin's Creed discussion. And then from there, it's like, so, but if you do play this best one and you want to go back, I think it still makes sense to now that you're willing to make the investment, you should go through them in chronological order. Mm. Uh, interesting suggestion here from Lineback, the, the Yakuza series, because Zero is considered the best one. So you could do those in a reverse order because you would be losing features and then at the end you would suddenly gain a bunch back. Yeah, well, that one you, you could still play Zero like super early. Um, from a story standpoint, it would from still from a story standpoint, it's the first. It from the story standpoint, it's the first in the series. But yeah. from like release order, it's like it's between five and six, I think. Right, and I think that's a good example because in that one you would go zero. There's no way you would go zero six five four three two one. Right, you wouldn't want to do that since the stories connect. That's the I tricky d- thing because the stories all connect. But yeah. it, if you did that, you just be like, okay, like I don't get why everyone's like connected this guy and then you're going back 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 and like oh okay i'm getting more 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 the other thing like i, I just think going complete reverse order when there's a story it, it would be mind-numbing <laughs> you would you would almost be doing it like that's the joke but also looking forward you don't even have something like great to look forward to because it's like each next one i play is going to be getting worse from like a mechanics and like current day standpoint i guess they yeah. did some remakes Whereas if you did, you know, zero, one, two, three, five, six, at least with each one, it's going to become more modern. But Persona is a good one that you could because they're just not connected. Same with like Final Fantasy. You could definitely just do that as well. Yeah. Thomas Trier in the chat says, Professor Layton's weird in that you could do Star Wars order where you do four, five, six and then do one, two, three. Which makes sense. They're trilogy packs. So. Right. They're they're specific trilogies. Yeah. So you could definitely do that. And I think you could even do the like, what's the name of the Star Wars one where they say do like four, five, one, two, three, six. Oh, I forget. I know what you're talking about. I don't remember There's the specific name, name of yeah. that. Because it's like you, you get like the the backstory of Vader right before like the kind of reveal. And I think you can do something with that a bit for Layton as well, because the the sixth Layton game is deals with a lot of like Luke or it's one of them deals a lot with like Luke. And then it's like a prequel trilogy where he like meets Luke and stuff like that. Something, something like that. I, it's been a while mm-hmm. since I played Layton. I also just wouldn't do that. <laughs> Phantom Aegis writes, Ahoy TDP crew. What are some of your favorite games that the overall theme is about grief? It can be subtle or more direct. Silent Hill 2. Okay. I'm going to say this is a more subtle one, but um, oh man, what is that game called? What's the... It's so subtle you forgot. The home one where you're walking around the house. Oh shit. Gone Home? Gone Home. Gone Home, yeah. That's a good one. Um, I'm playing one right now that's that's okay um, called Lost Words, uh, which is leaving Game Pass, so I had to kind of boost up my backlog to jump on that. Honestly, there's a lot of like walking simulators that are about grief. <laughs> uh, what remains of Edith Finch? I just played through that again. I like how this is just like the genre is just walking sim. Just really does this a lot. Yeah, it definitely, it absolutely does. 
from Lineback, how do you deal with FOMO or fear of missing out? Not just with games, but also with films and shows in terms of getting in on that early discussion and avoiding spoilers as well as con- uh, conventions. Good question. You kind of just have to pick and choose eventually. There's so many options, you cannot possibly do them all. Right. So you just have to eventually be, you have to eventually learn to be okay with it. That's that's all it is. It sucks, but it happens. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, you kind of you're gonna have to pick your battles. And then when when you're missing out, you have to just kind of focus like, hey, I'm not going to this show, but yeah. I have this one that I'm saving up for next month. And I'm re- I'm going to focus on just looking forward to making that one the best show. Yeah. You might you might be getting FOMO from one thing, but something you're enjoying, someone else might also have that for. So really, it's just it yeah, just and then you can you can kind of like absorb their misery and, and channel that into your excitement. The miserable cycle, as they call it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just luckily when you as you get older, you stop caring more and more. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And it makes it easier because you become more selective as well. So you're just like, well, I just don't even care that I'm not like watching that movie anymore. Yeah. So I'm good. VGC Kenny. How fair do you think it is to compare a video game to another piece of media that spun off of that video game? I mean, if it's spun off that media, it's like it's it's fair to compare it to the origin, right? Yeah, I think so. I'm trying to I kind of wish there was like a specific example, but let's use like, I don't know, Uncharted Combat, and, and like Mortal Kombat. Uncharted might sure. be another one, yeah. Um, I was going to use Mortal Kombat since it had like a longer history with multiple movies and etc. But like like you can compare them because like they'll have story elements to them. But at the same time, it's just like, there are some points that don't make sense to compare to. Like you can't say like, Oh, I hated the gameplay of the movie because you're watching the movie versus like playing, controlling what's happening in the game. Okay. So let's, let's do something that's a little more close. Let's do like books and movies. Cause you constantly okay. hear, Oh, the book, the book was better than the movie. Yeah. Um, I do still think it's fair to compare them, but you have to kind of go in there knowing like, they're not going to be one-to-one because there's a reason for that. Whether it's like books are a lot longer, they wouldn't translate to a movie. Like there are, there are positives and negatives of each one. So you you have to, you have to like take that into account when you're making the comparison. Yeah. So I think it's just, you can compare it on certain elements, like comparative things, like things that both have like story beats or just characters or character design, et cetera. But like there's other things you just can't compare. So it just, it just entirely depends. Yep. Yep. Boko writes in and says a question for people who have met friends online that went on to be big parts of your IRL life. What do you call them now? My wife. Uh, How long, how long if ever did it take you to switch from screen name to real name? Context, I've been living with my partner who I met online for almost a year now, and I've still not really switched names unless I'm speaking with their parents. I mean, I've been working professionally with Chugga Conroy for like over a decade now, and I do still call him Chugga from time to time instead of his actual name. Okay. But that's because yeah, that's it's more like a phonetic, like, uh, I don't know why Chugga sounds easier to say than Emil. But like, say, Tim, I find Tim easier to say than NCS or Nintendo Capri Sun. So it's just like, it just depends. But like, I, I rarely call Reese by her, her like online name. And I know that stopped pretty fast once I like learned her name and we got close. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. 420 Blaze Master. Uh, big <laughs> fan of your son. <laughs> um, I... Yeah, this is definitely, I think, more of a question for you. I'm trying to think if I've like met up with online friends and I, I just don't think I've made a lot of online friends. I'm also a big fan or a big proponent of just use your real name online. <laughs> um, like I've, I've changed I, most yeah. of my like gamer tags to just my name. Um, I still like having I like I have an in the middle part where it's like, OK, like my username has my real name partially in it. It's like my first sure. name's in there. But sure. like I'm also I also didn't switch to that till I was of a certain age where I'm like, yeah, now this won't cause any issues if I do that. Like if I'm under 18. No, absolutely not. Sure. Yeah, no, I definitely get like the privacy aspect of it. Um, and I and I also understand, like, if you're trying to build a brand around like a name, that's a whole different thing. But I'm also at a point where it's like. 
I have people on some of my platform friends lists who definitely I haven't talked to since high school. And I don't remember which people go with these names because the names are just nonsense. And I and I I'm not going to reach out and be like, can you remind me who you are? So there's forever going to be this person that I can probably narrow down to like one of five people. And it's like, all right, yeah. well, that's that's that person, I guess. Um, so I, I don't think I've done this. I don't think I've been in this scenario, yeah. but I would probably. And, I, and I've been switch. in this a ton, a, a, a shit ton. So I feel like I would switch to their real name immediately. Yeah, I, I basically have the habit of like once I learn the person's real name, I tend to stick to the real name unless they specifically don't want their real name like getting out there that often. So That's if you were like, it. let's say you were at like just, I don't know, like a you're going out to dinner with some online friends or some kind of mm-hmm. intimate, small, intimate get together. And you're like, oh, man, I'm finally going to get to hang out with 420 Blaze Master. And he's like, oh, hey, I'm John. Oh, or sorry, you're John. Oh, hey, I'm Peter. Yeah. I was like, oh, hey, Peter. And he's like, no, no, no. Can you keep calling me 420 Blaze Master? Would that well, then seem weird to you? That would seem weird, but that's not quite quite what I'm referring to. Like, uh, one, like one of my mods, I know his real name, but he's like, well, when we're on stream, can you keep referring to me as my username? And like, sure, that most, makes yeah, most of them like that. that yeah, that makes that's sense. more so what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, no, I don't have any. I don't know anyone that's just like, yeah, we're going out to dinner, but please call me like my online handle. Yeah, like no, hang on. Well, Peter was my also my father, uh, but please call me four twenty Blaze Master. <laughs> All right, last question from Dead. Describe the most perfectly average video game consumer of each decade, as determined by TDP market research. Bonus points for being as specific as possible. I'm not sure I understand this question. Uh, so who bought games usually in the 90s? Or like, let's, let's start with the 80s. Who mostly bought games in the 80s? Parents. Okay. So we would just say uh, like a middle class housewife or like a middle class like father. Like Christmas or like right before a birthday scrambling to find something that their kid wants or like their kids like hanging off of them screaming like, Daddy, Daddy, I want that one with the Mario Man on it. Just stuff like that. Oh, so that, I would, that would be the like- consumer of the 80s. The 80, so I was going to say maybe not parents, maybe just like middle aged guy who could like afford one of the first computers. Uh, I could see that, too, for computers and that. Sure. But I feel like the on average, like the 80s were probably more so parents than like than than uh, scenes. I was going to say scenesters, I guess, like specializers, okay. like like nerds. OK, so then, so in the gen in the general trend, if we take a step back and kind of look at the whole thing, is the idea going to be like more women are going to be incorporated? I think uh, it it kind of like leans back in the '90s because I feel like '90s was definitely where I felt the mainstream consumer of games was like your average male teenager or like your average sure. like young kid. Absolutely, and I then like say, I feel like in the in the in the aughts or like in the tens is when like the female market like actually comes to back and says like hey we're here too if if i'm thinking of like yeah kind of when the female market like really started to take off and it kind of became like a a a point to to uh to mention was like the ds um mm. and then and then phones and then like uh like yeah. facebook games and stuff uh for, for yeah. a big you know and i'm not saying that was the only place but i just remember like with like the ds i I definitely remember in the mid 2000s like them being like okay hey like everyone thinks like it's all like sweaty teenage boys that play video games but like like 40 percent of the market is is our female teenage girls exactly yeah yeah yeah. i don't know why sweat has been involved always but there you go (laughs) because video gaming is hard on your body and your mind very Um, stressful okay so I, maybe we're too early, but what do you what what would you say is the most recent? I was gonna say the, like the twenties, but we're only two years into that. What do you think the most recent average? I bet the average is still like eighteen to twenty four year old men. I'm, I I would say like I would say like twenties for sure. I'd say the average would be like the yeah probably what's the what's the the market demographic everyone aims for is eighteen to thirty five. That's okay, considered yeah. like the primo purchasing uh, like age range based on like all these marketing companies and like youtube and etc so it's it's a male or female 18 to 35 consumer that has like is just started their job or like just has some source of income and just really likes games whether from a social aspect or from just like a for fun aspect so i'd say yeah nowadays that's that's the average consumer 
Yeah, and like because we're trying to like boil it down to just like the lowest common denominator here. Obviously, if you yeah. did it like what is the like if you split it to genre, it's going to be wildly different. If you switch it to yeah. platform, it'll be well. If you switch it to the like geographic region, it'll be wildly different. But yeah, and I mean, as coming from PAX, it's mostly dudes. <laughs> I can say that, but um, but I will say when it comes to cosplayers, definitely was mostly females at PAX. All right, uh, that's going to do it for questions. That's going to do it for most of the show. Again, if you want to send in questions, topdownperspective at gmail.com, at TDP Podcast on Twitter, the Discord channel, or John's P.O. Box. What's your game of the week? Uh, what did I play? Um, Anno Mutation. And mine is going to be Immortality. Uh, all right, nothing really housekeeping. Uh, this month we're going to be doing Tiny Kin at the end of that. Um, so stay tuned eventually for that. What was our last one? Oh, Klonoa. That episode yeah. is still live. So if you didn't watch the, or listen to the Klonoa episode, you can do that. Um, otherwise, uh, some of us will see you next week. Bye, everybody.